It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If Auburn's offense plays like it did on Saturday, it will be good enough for the first year of the Hugh Freeze era to be a success. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us, as he does every Monday, Auburn Daily's Lindsey Crosby. And we finally get to talk about a win again. It's been way too long, but the Auburn Tigers take down the Mississippi State Cowbells 27-13. to Lindsay, I think if if Auburn's offense does what it did Saturday, even though it slowed down in the second half, we'll discuss that, but what it was able to do for the full 60 minutes, over 400 yards of total offense, it's good enough to have a successful season. I know a lot of people over the last four weeks, Lindsay, were upset with how things were going, and we talked about this being a very real possibility of that brutal four-game stretch. Mm-hmm. It's behind us now. And if Auburn plays like they did against Mississippi State, and they're going to have the opportunity to to play against maybe even lesser competition than the Cowbells, I think this is a great situation moving forward, and this offense can be just good enough for Hugh Freeze's uh, first year at Auburn to be a success. The the biggest thing to me, like that, that stood out when watching the game, especially in the first half, obviously, was Auburn took shots and they worked, and. I think the most memorable one, I mean, there was a, a deep pass to Malcolm Johnson Jr., but the most memorable one is is a catch at the goal line where you drag a defender into the end zone. But like, that's an Auburn offense that like we have not seen against a power five opponent, right? Like we, we saw it against Samford. We saw it, but we haven't seen it against a quality yeah. team. And take quality for what you will. I'm using power five as a substitute for quality here. Sure, uh, but uh, it has to give you hope, like you said. You're past that tough four games. Now you're into a more manageable stretch. And from what I understand, now Auburn is statistically favored to make a bowl game simply because you won the first game in that stretch. And some people would argue one of the two harder games of the four. So uh, very exciting. And this is more like what we expected. Uh, an Auburn offense in year one of Hugh Freeze to look like. We didn't think it'd take this long to get it, but this is a little bit what we expected, right? Like yeah, actually it, it, looking decent. Yeah, it had all the pieces that we were expecting. Some tempo, some RPO, effective running on early downs, a physical mindset of this offensive line. They spread the football out throughout the game to several guys, and they took shots deep. I mean, it's exactly what we thought we were going to get. It just took way too long for us to see that on the field that Peyton Thorne looked good. And like the, the way everything flowed in the first half, it seemed different. It wasn't just execution. It wasn't just Mississippi state's not as good as the teams that Auburn's been playing over the last few weeks. It, it felt different. The play calling was different. There was more movement. There was more separation. I mean, there was so many different things where we were making this bullet point list of everything that needs to be fixed with the offense, right? Accuracy, Winning at the point of attack, you know, running, you know, being positive and running, whether you're running or passing in an early downs to put yourself in situations to convert in second and third down. Like we saw all these different things that we've been talking about, and it was almost overwhelming how many little things there were to fix the offense. And then for the first 30 minutes of the game, 
We saw that. Even when that two-minute drive at the end of the second quarter going into halftime, when nine times out of ten in Auburn history, it would have been, okay, let's either run the clock out or, you know, let's just kind of dink and dunk and settle for a field goal. No, they they want it in the end zone. And I, I just think the approach to all of this, Lindsay, was incredible. I think it's exactly what Auburn needed. I think it's what this fan base needed from a morale standpoint coming out of those four losses. But I think the interesting part of this and, you know, the the negative Auburn fan and people once again can think whatever they want about any of our takes and and about what they saw on Saturday. But when you look at it and, and these folks are saying, hey, Mississippi State stinks. I don't disagree with you. Like I don't think Mississippi State's a good team. But in order for this team to go to seven and five, like you got to beat the bad teams and, and everything in front of you until the Iron Bowl, until the Iron Bowl. I think Mississippi State's better than. They went to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas, so I think that settles that. And I think they're better than Vanderbilt, even though you're going to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. And then obviously New Mexico State is is what that is. So I don't think it matters how effective Mississippi State is. If you do what you did Saturday on offense, you went out until the Iron Bowl. Yeah, when you're trying to rebuild a program from uh, the depths of despair, which is where it was left at the end of the last regime, uh, it feels like the first step is get your team, personnel-wise, scheme-wise, whatever, to the point where you can win the games you're supposed to win. Yeah. So that's this stretch of four games here. These are the games you should win. You should be Auburn should always be favored over a Mississippi State. Auburn should always be favored over a Vanderbilt. Auburn yeah. should most of the time, if not all the time, be favored over Arkansas. So that is step one. Step two is get Auburn to where you can start to knock off some of the teams who you are not better than. You are not better than an Alabama or a Georgia, but you're going to play them close. You're going like, you know, that that's step two. And then step three is being in that same conversation for quality of the roster, of the scheme, of the talent, all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what Auburn should do. Auburn should be beating Mississippi State. Auburn should be beating Vanderbilt and Arkansas and New Mexico State. And winning game one of four uh, is good, but the way that you want it, Peyton Thorne looked, I mean, he played almost all of the game. He was like 20 to 26 for 230 yards. It's like, I, I think I read it was his best completion percentage of his career. Um, it was his best yards per attempt. It was like almost nine yards per attempt. His best yeah. yards per attempt against a power five opponent since sometime last year at Michigan State. Uh, so he played really well. The offense played really well. You came out with the victory. This is mm -hmm. everything we wanted. And if you had this four-game stretch before the other four-game stretch, Auburn fans would feel a lot different about this season than they do right now. No question about it. No question about it. And, and I think, I, so I'm looking at the line right here. Um, Auburn opened uh, at our friends at FanDuel at a 13-and-a-half-point line. Uh, our favorite, excuse me, with a 49 and a half over under. So right at two touchdowns, which is certainly exciting to to think about this week as Saturday gets closer. But I mean, and Peyton was incredible um, or certainly better than he has been and, and good enough. I think the offensive line was solid props to Connor Lou for stepping in and, and doing what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I mean, Jarquez Hunter was extremely effective. I mean, he had such a high percentage of what Auburn did on the ground, 144 of uh, 186 
of Auburn's 186 rushing yards um, were Jarquez Hunter. So props to him for doing all that, including that 50-yarder to kind of seal the game at the end. Yeah, I think Jarquez Hunter was exceptional. And when you pair that to his performance against Ole Miss last week, it kind of seems like we're getting Jarquez Hunter back, the guy that we thought he could be going into the season. So once again, Auburn's offense Saturday night with the cast of characters and the cast of contributors that we saw Saturday night, uh, it's good enough. It's good enough for Auburn to compete for the rest of the season. Will that consistency stay? We'll discuss that, obviously, throughout the week. Fun story, interesting story that I was told um, Sunday morning that I want to share with you, and it pertains to Auburn's defense. I want to get your thoughts on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Brewing, and they bring you the Athletic Brewing Game Changer of the Week. Much like Jarquez Hunter, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Jarquez Hunter was so effective on the early downs. He took 17 carries for 144 yards. Didn't score a touchdown, but he also had two catches on his two targets to impact the passing game as well. Um, just like Jarquez Hunter, Athletic Brewing is a game changer as well. They have completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. Their beers are great tasting and award-winning. Their brews beat out full-strength beers in global competition. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. And, of course, they're fit for all time. So first-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That is code LOCKEDON at checkout at 15% off. That's at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall has three great locations serving Auburn fans. One is in Auburn on the College Street just off of campus. One is in Opelika. That's where I go most often. In fact, it seems like every time I'm there, somebody says that they listen to the show, which is very cool. And uh, also in Huntsville, and they've got all kinds of stuff for from pullovers to hoodies to jerseys to hats. They've got anything an Auburn fan would want at alumnihall.com and also their three physical locations in Auburn, Opelika, and Huntsville. And if you're a student or active or retired military, be sure to let them know and they will give you a discount there. Three locations at Auburn, Opelika, and Huntsville, and of course at alumnihall.com. Lindsey Crosby, our Monday guest on today's Locked on Auburn, was talking to someone on uh, on Sunday morning about the defense. And Mississippi State would walk up to the line and they would yell out a word, Lindsey. And if the Auburn defense found out very quickly, if it started with a B, it meant they were running the football. And if it was any other word, it was a it was a pass. And they caught on to that pretty quickly, and they didn't change it <laughs> throughout the game, which is kind of wild. So curious to see. Um, I mean, I, I know they're I know they're playing injured, right? With, with Mike Wright, and then you know they they missed their their starting running back as well. Like you could tell that offense was not at full strength. But whoo, man, if those guys don't come back, they're going to be in a rough situation for the rest of the year. I, I, my heart goes out to Mississippi State fans right now. That is like 
there's been a lot of talk recently about yeah. signals and, and, and figuring stuff out. And it's funny to think that Michigan spent all of that money to send people to games to figure this stuff out. And apparently Auburn can just do it on the fly. We talk about the best academic schools in the SEC. I think it's time to put Auburn up there with the rest of that list. Uh, obviously, they're the smartest on the field. But um, no, that is, that is looking, watching that defense, it looked like they, and you obviously still have to stop them, right? Like it's not just knowing what they're going to do. Boy, but, has that been the talk of college football this past week? Yeah. Like, like, and you know, Deion Sanders said, you can give them the, the you can give us the game plan. It doesn't matter. You still have to, you still have to execute, you still have to stop them. But boy, Auburn, Auburn looked a lot better. And I'm, you laughed when I made this joke before we got, got on the air, but it almost feels like the linebackers are starting to, I'm not going to say be a strength of this team, but at the very least, like it's not the weakest unit on the field. And how much of that is because they knew if it was a run or a pass, and how much of that is just they've gotten better? I don't know, but well, I think they've gotten better. Good. I mean, Eugene yeah. Asante certainly has gotten better. I yeah, think Larry wait. Nixon is way more comfortable now than he was at the start of the year. And you know, Pro Football Focus is not everything by any stretch of the imagination. But Cam Riley was Auburn's highest-rated defensive uh, defensive player with an eighty-nine point eight. Then it was Eugene Asante. Keontae Scott, then Larry Nixon was fourth. So three of the top four players, when you look at defensive PFF grades, were linebackers. And props to those guys for doing that. And, and I mean, that passes the eye test, right? I mean, mm -hmm. those guys seem to always be around the football, which is exactly where you want your linebackers to be. So I don't know if I'm going to say linebackers are a strength of this defense, but they are certainly getting better. And so props yeah. to Coach Aldridge, the linebackers coach for for doing that props to coach Ron, uh, Ron Roberts, defensive coordinator for getting those guys in situations to succeed. Um, and the rotation at first for the first few games of the season, I thought they were rotating linebackers too much. And now even like with Austin keys back, I mean, that rotation's pretty heavy. They're playing a lot of linebackers, but it's working. It worked on Saturday. And I think it's going to work against Vanderbilt and Arkansas too. Cause those are two teams that are going to try to run it on you. Yeah. You know, Looking at the at the the snap counts, there's a lot of the of the linebackers got you know twenty to thirty ish snaps. Like I think Cam Riley's at twenty eight, uh, Larry Nixon's at twenty four. You know they 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 did a good job at getting guys in, and and I'm not gonna say putting them in position to be successful, but not asking everybody to do everything. Like Cam sure. Riley had one pass rushing play. For the most part, it was very much a, hey, we know you're better at this than that, so we're going to have you do what you're better at. And you can't telegraph that kind of stuff. You don't want to get into into a position where you get caught with the wrong package on the field and they go tempo and don't let you sub. But it's good that you're able to understand maybe at this point in the season who's better at what and use them in the appropriate situations. So I think that's part of it. And then part of it too is just, generally they've played better they they it feels like they understand the defense a little more and there's not as much thinking more reacting that they're able yeah. to do and so because of that i mean eugene asante's been there all season but some of the other guys getting to that same point and it's just i can't believe you wouldn't change the you wouldn't figure it out relatively quickly i mean the the baseball yeah. comparison here is 
obviously a runner on second base, they know what your signs are. The you know the pitcher and catcher change the signs. Like it happens all the time. You yeah, frequently is, you proactively yeah. change them all the time during a game when runners get on second base. Yeah, and they apparently didn't change it, which is interesting based off of the the folks I talked to. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Cam Riley though, you mentioned the one pass rushing snap that he had. Uh, he hit the quarterback. He generated a pressure from that, and then. Uh, he was targeting in coverage once. There was a pass breakup. He, I don't think he allowed the reception. So, nope. I mean, Cam Riley, I mean, props to you, Cam Riley. You know, a guy that I've been a little critical of with his play, especially in coverage, um, he was he was effective on Saturday. And normally I would add the caveat of we'll see when they play a, a, a team with a better passing offense, but that's not going to happen until the Iron Bowl, right? Yep. I mean, Arkansas is going to be a little bit better, we think. They fired their offensive coordinator. It was an internal hire, so I can't imagine they're going to change a ton of what they do. They did have a bye week, so we'll certainly see what Arkansas looks like when they go on the road um, to the Swamp to play Florida this weekend. But yeah, um, props to this linebacking group, for real. Uh, I'm really impressed with them. And then props with you know Zion Puckett. That was Auburn's 10th interception of the season. Leads the SEC, and that's just something that we haven't really seen a whole lot. Auburn's had good defenses, mm-hmm. but wouldn't turn the ball over or force forced turnovers, excuse me, and that's been something that's been a very nice, a very nice change of pace. And once again, I think the opportunities that that will happen because if I think, I, I really think the game against Vandy is going to feel very similar to the game against Mississippi State that we just watched on Saturday. But I've got a question for you, Lindsay, and the folks watching. Is Auburn back? We discuss in just a moment right here. Unlocked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks. You just pick more or less of a projected stat for two to six players. And obviously, the more you pick, the more money you make. It's the most fun that you could possibly have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. Or basketball, you can cross over. You can do NBA picks one night. You can do NFL picks one night, college football picks. You can combine them all. It's it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Uh, so head over to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for your first deposit match up to $100. They've got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes prizepicks the number one daily fantasy sports app. prizepicks.com slash college. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsey Crosby, my question to you and everyone there, feel free to comment on the YouTube channel or hit us up on Twitter. Is Auburn back? Are they back on track specifically? Because, look, so many folks proje- uh, projected Auburn to go 7-5 and five or 6-6. Six and six. And now I think as we sit here, finally with a win, and we kind of knew that that was likely even during that four-game losing streak. We kind of knew this was going to happen. But the fact that it finally did, you get out of that winning streak, you get a win against Mississippi State. 
you just look ahead and like obviously you got to beat Vandy, you got to beat Arkansas, like you've got to play those games, but it kind of seems like Auburn's going to f- slide in exactly where we thought they would where most people thought they would be at the end of the year at 7 and 5, 6 and 6 or 8 and 4. We are so back. This bad boy can fit so much bug in it. Like, listen, okay? We are so back. We are more back than Texas has been in 20 years, okay? Let's go. Listen, I think this weekend showed that whatever issues were plaguing the coaching staff with making a game plan, a balanced game plan that could run, that could pass, obviously, completely fixed, 100%. There is no reason to think it's not perfect from here on out, okay? This is completely irrational passion and love and understanding that we are, we want Bama, okay? We want Bama. You hear it all the time. Denver chanted it today because they beat Kansas City. We're saying it right now. We want Bama. We are so back, baby. Listen, I don't even know where the college football playoff is this year. I'm a little not sure about that. I have not paid attention, and rightfully so, but I'm getting ready to start buying tickets for next year because we are so back. I, I'm excited about the bowl game. I We could still get a New Year's Six game. I don't know, but either way, we are so back. I uh, I wasn't expecting you to go that direction. I'm going to be honest. Okay, but, thank you. But of all the types of passion, I think irrational passion is my favorite. Yes, I don't. I don't typically do that on this show. I'm I'm, I'm more of the straight man. No, I don't you really. Bugged. You I don't. Just now. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, listen, we are we are we get Bam at home. Are you kidding me? The listen. toughest the toughest thing about booging is once you start booging, it's really hard to stop booging. It 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 is. I'm feeling it now. Like I'm already starting to like I almost You're second guess myself. It yeah, was like, right. nope, not gonna second guess myself. We're doing this. This is great. Yeah, we're doing this. Bulletin board material. It's fine. Let's go. Uh-huh. I want Saban talking about me in a meeting. We want Bama, Nick. Okay. All right. Uh, do you think? Do you think some of the like issues that we've seen though are going to pop up again? Like, do you think the quarterback situation is done? Do you think you know involving receivers that maybe aren't ready to compete at this high of a level is done? Or do you still think that's going to kind of rear its ugly head at times where it's just like, okay, the offense just absolutely stalls for one of the several reasons that we've discussed over the course of the year so far? I think we're going to have enough offensive success in the games going forward where we're going to be able to win those games, but we're not going to be able to blow anybody out like we're expecting, right? Like, look at the second half against Mississippi State. It wasn't great on offense, but you scored enough points in the first half where you were able to win the game. Mm. It's going to be like that. And then when we face Alabama, and this is... This is more of an old school Alabama team from when Nick Saban was first there, where the defense is very, very good. One of the best defenses in the country from the outside, kind of looking at them. They're doing really well offensively. They have some issues. They are not the juggernaut offensively that they became in the second half of the Nick Saban uh, era. But... I feel like we're going to get a lot of irrational confidence over the overall performance of the offense between now and the Iron Bowl. And then the Iron Bowl is going to be a lower scoring matchup because Auburn's defense is going to play up. They always do against Alabama. And Auburn's going to have some of these issues come back 
against a quality defense that has a good pass rush, that has good defensive backs that can shut down these wide receivers and frustrate the quarterback who's going to be Peyton Thorne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a rational passion now, but I looking forward, it's going to be a low score in Iron Bowl. Take the under on that now, but just also take us winning every game between now and then because we're booging, baby. Yeah, and I love the matchup, the upcoming matchups with Vandy, Arkansas, New Mexico State, because even if the offense does for take a step back, the defense is going to be able to keep Auburn and all those games, unless Arkansas just has some like major explosion where they figure everything out, which could happen. It could happen. KJ Jefferson is certainly talented enough mm-hmm. to lead a successful offense, even though you know, like they're probably not going to make a bowl game. Their pass blocking is bad. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been perfect, right? But there are other issues that he needs to be better. So, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just think even if Auburn can score 27 points in any of these next three games, they win. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Iron Bowl. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite as confident on that one as, as you were during your book fest just then. But all in all, it's a much better situation to be in than where we have been over the last four weeks and I just want to shout out Rivaldo Fairweather just while we're booging I mean let's just talk about the king of like the reception at this point he was targeted four times which means he got four receptions because that's all this man does is catch things that are thrown his way and like that's my next thing is like okay we, we've fixed a lot of things in this offense mm-hmm. but let's throw to Rivaldo more <laughs> No matter We've, what, let's throw to him more. We fix things. Now let's optimize it. Now let's say, okay, we've we've shown we can get everybody involved. Now let's focus who's involved on the guys that are the best that deserve it, like Rivaldo Fairweather. We've gotten Jarquez Hunter back on track. Now let's focus, you know, put him in the best positions to be successful. We're optimizing now. We've we we have the proof of concept, like we've talked about all the time. We have that. Something this is, I'm probably the only one who cares about this, but Auburn looked as good offensively when they were calling it live as they did when they were on that opening script. And that's a big thing as far as it gives you the confidence that they can sustain the offensive production throughout a game. Obviously, you didn't do it against Mississippi State, but part of that was you had the ball, what, once in the third quarter? So... Irrational confidence, let's optimize us, let's make sure Rivaldo's getting his touches. Uh, let's, you know, the goal is now get Rivaldo drafted, get a bowl game, beat Bama, probably in that order. Okay. I love it. Lindsey Crosby, how can people check out everything you've got going on? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. It's the hub for everything, whether it's the minor league baseball, locked in MLB prospects, whether it's the major league baseball, branchtoday.com, or it's the Auburn baseball, auburndaily.com. You can find all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.